It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, you guys, welcome to the midweek edition of the Temple of Who podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Papers here, as always, with the Bro Kings. Kings, what's going on? Had a couple of shockers, shockers in these playoffs the last couple of days. You going to get into You good, bro? Yeah, we good, man. But, yeah, it's some, it's some surprise <laughs> huh? games. All right. Happen. Let's start with what we just witnessed. We got Chicago. Shocking, the Bucks on the road, led by DeMar DeRozan's 41 points, four assists. Vooch was huge, stretching the floor for them, 24 and 13, kind of dominant. Levine pitched it on an efficient 20, on 7 and 13. Uh, I'm kind of shocked, man. I, I, I was shocked that the first game was even competitive. I, I thought this was going to be a quick beatdown, mm-hmm. given the, the matchups on paper, but Chicago has come to play, man. What, what, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like, man, first of all, first of all, you know, let's let's look at it like this. DeMar DeRozan, we all know what he normally does every playoffs. But for him to have the type of game he had where it was just awful, routine DeMar DeRozan playoff game, but then the goal in the press conference to say, hey, I'm not shooting like this again. I'll never shoot like this again. With have the confidence to do that against the defending champions, then to come out on the road the next game and drop 41. Man. I was impressed. I was impressed. I, I, I did not think he, he 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 was capable of doing this. I I, I really couldn't see what I believe I was watching. Drew, Rest, Giannis, it didn't matter. He got to his spot, rose up, and gave them buckets all night. I mean, and then he he did a great job of playing that two-man game with Vucevic, using Vucevic's uh, screen man to uh, get Vucevic space, using his uh, mid-range prowess to get guys to try to try and crown him in that area and then have Vucevic, you know, eat off open threes. So, man, great game. Great game by DeMar, man. And obviously we all know what it is with uh, if you're a Laker per, a person who watched the Lakers closely over the past few years, you know what Caruso does in terms of making winning plays, doing the small things. You know, I have my critiques about how he would look like without like an all-world rim protector behind him, but uh, he shoved me up very early this year. So <laughs> I, I was I, I was quick. I was quick to to admit my wrongs, and I did it early in the season, so I wouldn't have to get slandered the rest of the year. So I, I'm enjoying yeah. watching him right now. Just to piggyback off what you said, man, Caruso, 38 minutes, right? Only three for seven for nine points, but you're talking about nine points, 10 assists, only one turnover, and a game high plus 16 kind of like a typical game he would have for the Lakers. It was like flashbacks, man. It was just kind of kind of special to watch. And I, I got to ask you just schematically, so you see that Donovan, really Donovan's uh, counter to what the Bucks do defensively mm-hmm. is to just spam Vucevic in that pick and pop, right? Oh, and just yeah, turn yeah. it to oh, shooting yeah. gallery. He knows the Bucks love to go to sit Lopez and drop and going to protect the rim. 
And they're just kind of letting the scary part for me is they're letting Vooch like step into a shooting gallery. And he's proven to be a decent shooter. Do you think the Bucks are gonna have to come out of that? Or are they just gonna live and die with kind of Vooch getting open threes, which kind of killed the night? That's where you say, uh, Brooke, it's not working no more. We got we got go GRs at the five and we have to switch yep. everything. Yep, that's, that's I was just gonna say that. <laughs> you, you got to, and then you you know, you switch everything on that pick and pot, you make Vucevic uh beat the smaller guys on perimeter. And then if they're not picking and pocket, I mean Vucevic is not a good role, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going to try and run pick and roll with Vujovic, that's not going to do nothing. You know what I mean? That's something that, you know, two guys could easily just, uh, especially with DeMar DeRozan, they can easily just collapse on that and be able to play both of them easily. But if you're going to be picking and pop and then you switch, put the shorter guy on Vujovic on the outside, put Giannis on whoever the ball handler is. I mean, it, it, it theoretically, you know, that's probably going to be your best bet to stop that specific action. Um, it It can't, you can kind of work with Portis in the sense that you could kind of try it because he's more mobile and still keep your, you know, too big philosophy. But, you know, you saw what happened with Portis. He went out, he left the game and uh, with, with the eye injury. So, you know, they, they were missing him, they're missing him, and then they were missing Middleton. So you think with the Bucks too, they're going to need some health. I don't know the seriousness of Middleton's knee soreness. And the people have been saying the Bucks medical staff did very uh, – you know, vague with how these injury timelines work. And so, they, but they're going to need them back fast. Right. Just kind of piggybacking off that, you know, I, I don't know if he was hurt beforehand, but he had a really rough game one. The Bucks kind of won in spite of what he was doing, just turning the ball over, rough shooting. Um, he actually picked it up in the third quarter tonight before he got hurt, but another rough start in the first half. Uh, I, I just tweeted this, you know, I think Bucks are going to win this series, but I'm getting nervous about, the next one. Now, I did pick them in seven, the next series against the Celtics, if the Celtics can hold on that 2-0 lead, which I think they will. But I'm getting nervous kind of the more I watch because you can depend on Middleton and Holiday defensively, that they're they're very good. Offensively, you just don't know what you're going to get from those guys night to night in a playoff setting, and that's a little troubling for me heading to the next series, just in my opinion. Yeah, especially if you're gonna be playing a team like the Celtics with supreme confidence, right? They got guys who can do it on both ends and consistently. Um, man, shoot, Teflon Reek, boy, he gonna. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you see, he been telling everybody they are gonna win the championship. Just accept it now. <laughs> I know. It's looking, it's looking like it's uh, they gonna go on that run, man. Damn. Yeah, and you know, I, I despise the Celtics, but you know. Reek is always comedy when they, when they win, so at least we'll be entertained. Um, moving on, the game before that, Philadelphia defeats <laughs> Toronto on an MB three. Man, um, I just I got I got to bow to you on this one. I, I picked oh, Toronto the- six party because I'm I'm jaded against James Harden. Yeah, you a hater. We know that that that, that that center on the damn Sixers, man. That that dude is spent that second half. Was as dominant and I've seen as sometimes from a center position, man. I, I, I told you, bro. Looked, they all six nine. They wasn't gonna stop. Right. I tell you, he looked like some unstoppable Shaq Dirk hybrid, man. He was just killing yeah, him on man, the interior. His, his game is crazy, bro. Right. It was just it, it, it was just real bad, man. They had him kind of under wraps in the first half. Second half, he exploded. I think for twenty six or twenty seven in the second half. Finished with thirty three and thirteen, including that three to win the game. Harden fouled out. Didn't really matter. 
Maxi made a couple big plays in OT. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just gonna have to bow out this one, man. Unless unless Martin got historic collapse, it looks like Toronto's getting packed up in four, like you said, or five. You said five, but closer. It's not gonna be a competitive series, like you said. Moving on. Yeah, man, I I think they win one off pride. That's literally all. That's the only reason you know I even said five, like honestly. And I knew that the you know the Sixers are coached by Doc Rivers, so. And they employ James Harden, so I mean, they're bound, to, they're bound to just mess up and give them one game. But I saw the talent gap. I'm like, there's just no way this team can match up with Philly. Philly got too much firepower, too much guys you have to account for. I think the, the I think the problem was people were not sold on Maxi's development and his jump, and they weren't sold on his skill set. And I think that's why people are like, oh, it's just James and Embiid. You know, you can stop James, and then that's it. It's like, nah, man. You got to deal with Tyrese Maxey, man. That guy is a problem. And he's playing now off two guys who command a lot of attention. One of them, man, he might be the best offensive player in the basketball right now. I mean, outside of – obviously, Jokic's got the passing, but, boy, and beat scoring, man, he's a monster. And then uh, we have Harden, obviously. You know, he can't score at the level he used to. I mean, this is this was a guy who was averaging 37 at one point and, you know, getting 25 a night's a struggle for him, but he still – one of the all-world playmakers, and I think he's actually getting p- better in his passing, you know, as his as his uh, scoring starts to take a hit. I think he's doing a good job trying to get better at his passing and facilitating. So you have a guy like that who can at least still get you 25. He can pass, and you have a guy that can beat. I mean, Maxie, what is he going to see? He's going to be seeing single coverages all night. He's going to be seeing closeouts yep. all night. So it's like with him, with that skill set, seeing favorable coverage, like that was to me, I was like, there's no way a team like Toronto is going to win. You have to be able to not only guard a multiple position, you have to be able to uh, actually score consistently. And I knew the Raptors weren't going to be able to score enough. Man, I I was looking. I'm watching the Raptors. Man, they got OG and Anobi taking sidestep threes in the crunch, man. That's when I was like, man, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the TV like, dude, my, my jam, being Jade against James Harden just made me, you know, just get get too spicy with the take, man. We'll, I will be better going forward, man. I, pro- hey, I promise hey, to cry. We've we, we been there. We've been there, bro. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And moving on, let's go to this first game tonight. Man, Whew. Brooklyn's in trouble. That's all I can say. They, they really are. And I'm, I'm not, and I'm not even saying that because of what happened in the game. I'm saying that because of the comments after the game. That that's yeah, not good. Well, well, I was, 
I'm like this. I, I'm with you on that. That those were not uh, those were not too reassuring. But I'm just gonna say the way they were being up by 16 and losing the way they did. To me, that's that that's just the type of game that could beat you twice unless you're a very mentally tough team. And I do not think that that is what the Brooklyn Nets are. That um, is, that's true. And then also KD's fatigue. So losing a game where he you had that type of lead. Yeah. And I, and I mean, like, in, in the refs, the refs showed him love tonight. He shot 20 free throws. So, I mean, yeah. that, that that's that's the scary part. The thing is, he's four for 17. They're just harassing him in the tough contested mid-range jumpers. And, you know, my critique, obviously, you know, Steve Nash is one of the smartest, probably 10 smartest players to ever play, in my opinion, or, or somewhere around that. But I just see Kyrie and Kevin, they attack from the same spots every possession. You just can't show a top-tier elite defense the same look every possession. At some point, they're going to adjust. And you know what? They didn't overreact to some uh, to some early crazy shot-making and kind of stayed the course and said, if they're going to hit these tough twos, then we are going to live with that. And, you know, like I think kind of what you said, fatigue kicks in. You know, Kyrie, 40 minutes. KD, 42 minutes. And those guys, in addition to that, they initiate every possession. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So th- the fatigue just builds up. And I think they were just cooked at the end of that game. You can see it, man. They just did not have anything in the tank. And I think the scary part is, you know, Tatum, 5 for 16. You know what I mean? Marcus Smart, 3 for 9. So like, it's not like the big guns were great. Jalen Brown had a very good second half after a rough start. And I just – I, I picked – the Celtics in five because of my, I just, I just, I don't love Brooklyn's offense. I love their talent. I don't love the offense. And I think in playoffs, execution is a big part of it when a talent gap is close and the Nets are just lacking in that department, in my opinion. So what did you see? Yeah, just real quick, Middleton spraying MCL, man, that's bad. That That is bad. That is very bad. That's a few uh, weeks at least, right? Oh man, yeah, that's that's not good. His his playoffs is his playoffs is compromised. Oof, yeah. man. Oh man. Um uh, so yeah, so look at the the Nets uh the Nets Celtics. I mean, with this Middleton injury, I mean this this I mean this was a this may be a path to the ECF for whoever win this team win this series because of you know, because you know, playing the Nets may you know, a compromised Bucks or playing the the Bulls is favorable. But in terms of the Nets being outmatched Talent wise, you know, what was what well, that was my main issue uh with the Nets was that and that's why I said they needed Ben Simmons because he fills holes that you saw them lack. Uh defensively, you know, they need wings and they need power they need power wings specifically, wings that could check athletic uh outside guys, save KD's legs on defense, and also wings that could rebound and play physical inside to also save KD's legs on defense. <laughs> you know, right. offensively, because you know, I was talking with Mar. And Mar was saying, you know, they need to bring KD off flares, you know, pin downs, get him some easy stuff. I'm like, who gonna be setting them up? <laughs> <You know? laughs> who gonna be setting? Right. Who gonna be setting? That's that's where Ben Simmons is supposed to come in. You know what I mean? So that's why that was, and that was why they didn't want to get rid of Harden. The reason why they want to get rid of Harden is because they knew to get the most out of Kyrie, to get the most out of KD, they needed that guy who was gonna be able to set the table for it. Not only just them, but help set the table for other people as well. So, you know, it could be an easy burden. You don't want KD to be your primary facilitator. You want him to be your secondary facilitator. Yeah. To be your secondary, uh, 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 tertiary or secondary facilitator. That makes your offense flow a lot more better. That's why the offense was a lot more potent last year when they was just Harden, uh, them, and just regular make- makeshift players. It was a lot more potent because 
it was too much it was too much uh, skill set gelling from the top three so they saw that and they knew what they were working with so they didn't want to get rid of them but you know they had they had to fall out and now it's like like I said man it, it's it's tough because as good as Seth Curry is he's not a real point guard you know what I mean he's not he's not a real point he's not gonna help get guys better uh, he's not someone you can consistently ask to score one on one you know what I mean he's gonna have to play off your stars at the end of the day so it's like you know when somebody brought up a good point because um, that we always talk about who's the most skilled, who's the most skilled. Well, when you see two, three guys thrown on you, you remember that playmaking is a skill and it's a very valuable <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> very, very, very valuable ones, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because, uh, you know, teams aren't going to ever t- throw two, three bodies of LeBron early on. You know why? Because that's free layups and free threes every single night. You saw when it was just Kyrie and LeBron, what was Kyrie saying the whole time? Favorable coverage and open threes. Why? Because you threw two, three people at LeBron to get the ball hand quick. That that was that was your ass. You lost that defensive position automatically. You had to play in single coverage and send your help last minute to make it a scramble drill to throw the offense off balance. But with KD and Kyrie, they're saying, hey, bro, we don't think you guys can make the read quick enough. We don't think you're good enough to see the defense early and be able to know where you're supposed to go to start, you know, to start the sequence. So we're going to double and triple you quick and make you have to show us that you're cerebral enough to beat this every single time. And they're just not. That's just what it is. They're just not capable of doing that every single time because they don't see the game ahead enough to make those type of reads. So, you know, yeah, yeah. it's tough for them, bro. It's tough. Yeah, I think, well, I, I think in addition to what you just said, which is all very fair, again, my thing is they're in the same place every possession. And, you know, when you put a great deep, give a great – same thing with – you know how defenses like to mix up their coverages for offenses? Yeah. Yes, players. Yeah. It's the same thing. You show a great defense the same look, they're going to oh, adjust absolutely. at some point and make it tough for you. And absolutely. so my follow-up question to you is, so Ben Simmons is looking like a he's going to go for game three, if I was reading the reading correctly, the reports correctly. Um, to your point about having an extra playmaker, do you think he helps or – I mean, obviously I think he helps, but do you feel that – it's going to be overblown because you know the Celtics are going to guard him like they always have, which is just make him score. And he hasn't been able to do that against him historically in his career. I think he's played them a couple of series and it's been bad each time. Yeah, man. If they play Ben Simmons, it's 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 kind of it's kind of bad. and this is why I say, man, they can't they're not winning this year because the only way Ben Simmons can be effective offensively this year for him is if they play fast. But that's going to wear KD and Kyrie down specifically KD, um, for him, them to be able to run effective offense in the half court with Ben Simmons, that's going to take a lot of reps, a lot of chemistry, you know, being able to, first of all, design the sets that's going to be able to take advantage of the fact that Ben Simmons is 6'10", can drive, and you have a lot of shooting around him. But at the same time, you know teams are going to sag off on him, so you have to be creative with the off-ball movement. You have to be creative with the counters. And, uh, you know, Steve Nash already has trouble coaching that stuff as is so to do it on the fly with someone like Ben Simmons yeah that's not happening we know that's not happening so um it's really I don't really think it's going to help uh especially in this type of series with the way the Celtics play defense very cerebral got a lot of wing defenders you know what I mean so it's like that it's just not gonna it's not gonna work bro and unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately for them uh like I remember I told you before the year when everybody was talking about the type of series KD had last year against the Bucks, what did I tell you? What did I tell you, Maples? What did I say on the pod the whole time? I said, y'all do understand he only played 30 games, right? Like He's he a part-time player. 30 reg- regular season games. His legs was fresh. By the time he got to the playoffs, 
He was ready to sell it out. Why? Because he hadn't played most of the year. What happened when he came this year? Played a uh, played much much of the regular season gone. He still took time off to recover and all that, but he played a lot of the regular season gauntlet. Had a lot of games where he was playing 40. What happened now? What do you see now? Tired legs, playing against a physical team that's wearing him down, and all the wear and tear from the whole year is catching up on him. It's not easy going through the regular season. Like, people take what LeBron did for granted, bro. Like, people take going through the regular season, playing all those minutes, going going through the playoffs, going through deep series after deep series. You know what I mean? Like, people will be like, why is he catting? Why is he coasting? Because – you have to be able to go the, through the marathon, bro. It's not easy. It's just not easy. And you see it with even with KD, man. It's it's wearing on him. And he's not going to say it because that's the type of guy. He's not going to make an excuse. But you can just see on the film, like, he's fatigued, bro. He's really tired. Man, I, I think all that's fair. I mean, you know, I love how you assert LeBron and all this, getting getting your angles I, off, I, man. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm just <laughs> – because, because, I'm messing with you. You know I'm messing with you. You know I, know you said, with. I know you messed, but I just really want to make it clear to people because people will really look at stuff like that, and because he does it so consistently, they just take it for granted. But I want no, you. you right. You right. You 100 percent right. You 100 percent right. Yeah. When you look at these other players and how they struggle with doing it, doing it, you know, even just once or twice, and you fact that he was doing it almost every year, like, come on, man. I'm just saying it's levels, man. You right. You right. You right. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, man. So. You still say tells us in seven. Do you still think that series is going seven? Because I, I don't. I'm, I'm like, I can see six maybe, but I, I'm I'm like Celtics in five. I'm, I'm feeling good about that after these first two games, especially you know, you, watching the ex, especially watching the execution of both teams late in close games on both ends. Bro, I thought you was I thought you was tripping when you said Celtics in five. Nah, you might be onto something. And, and I say <laughs> okay. this, and I say this after I heard them two speak in the post game interview. Yeah, it, it, you can't. It's hard to come back and win series that require you to dig deep, that require you to overcome fatigue, overcome all types of uh, mismatches, and you mentally talking the way they're talking. Like you, you really have to be all in on winning this series. Like when, like when Tyloo and the Cavs was down three, when he said, "Don't get on this plane if you don't think you can win." Like that's the literally the mentality the Nets have to have. It's like. If you don't think you can win, bro, don't even show up to practice. Like, like, like that. But like, to, but to hear Kyrie talk about, oh, this is their window, this opportunity. Like, bro, <laughs> that was crazy to me. Bro, what? I was like, huh, <laughs> bro, you talking like you got eliminated? Like, like it's like, hello, this is game, it's game three soon, bro. You only down two zero. What you mean? It's their window, bro. You gotta right. play like possibly five more games, and you saying it's their window. Like, man, right. that you, was you, crazy. You, bro. you would hope to hit a leader say, you know what? All they did was protect home court. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go, oh. that, that's what you want to hear. But yeah, I, I feel you. That was man, that was that's, that's honestly top. That's that might be top three wildest playoff quotes I ever heard in my life from somebody down 0-2 saying, "Oh yeah, it's their window." <laughs> oh, my God, man. Yeah, that's 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 Manny. Um, let's move on. Yesterday's festivities. Uh, am I taking my victory lap first, or you want to talk about your your, your Timberwolves and, and, and the Grizzlies? Because you know I got you know I, you know I got to get my shit off right now. Yeah, I'll I'll give you time to get your shit off. So let me go ahead and just say with the Memphis Grizzlies and T Wolves, you know that was Ant need to stop selling for jumpers. You need to attack more. D'Lo need to stop playing like trash. Not winning the series if you play like trash. But at the end of the day, 
what did I tell you? They're going to win game two. Like, I already knew it. They're going to come in supercharged, home court. They had a great uh, uh, season. Got a lot of young talent. What happened? I knew they were going to stop playing Steven Adams. I already knew they was going to throw that line. Yeah, yeah, we we both said that was the adjustment. Yeah, Yeah, you know, they was going to get up and down. They was going to take it to us. I already knew that was going to happen. So we got whooped. But, you know, that was one of those games where it's like, you know, you knew the – Two C was gonna have to win win that one. So, so I, I got a question about you about the way that series is being called. Like both teams are playing physical and not backing down, and like it's a lot of free throws <laughs> on both sides. I think it was yeah, something yeah. like like thirty free throws in the first. Like it was it was like a ridiculous amount of free throws in the first quarter. Just watching that game, do you like how that series is being called, or would you like the refs to let both sides play a little more? Yeah, we we have to let. Uh, it, it, it's gonna be one of those where if if they don't let both sides play, it's gonna be a free throw fest because yeah, that's what <laughs> you see Memphis. They're not gonna stop. They're gonna keep attacking. They're gonna keep trying to get inside. Y'all gonna keep attacking. They're gonna keep trying to run up and down. And you know the the Wolves. You know Ant don't back down. Uh, you know Delos crafty trying to draw the fouls and Cat. He tried to he tried to use that little uh hardened flopping type of tactics when he driving and and trying to shoot over overdue. So it's like. It's going to be back and forth. So if they don't let guys play, it's going to be free throws put up because none of these two teams are backing down and they're very, they're, they're very aggressive. Both of us, both of us are very aggressive and we want to impose our will on the other. So if the refs don't let us play, then they just going to be ready to have to call a lot of 50 50 calls and a lot of people are going to be pissed <laughs> on the timeline. That's for damn sure. Yeah. That's why I think that's the only knock on that series. I mean, man, it's just, it's a lot of, they're affecting how the game is, is being played. That's my only kind of, you know, knock on that series, which is probably my favorite series in the first round to watch. I can't wait till game three in Minnesota. That's going to be crazy. Um, I'm still sticking with my Memphis and six. I know you got 10 rules. I'm, I'm going to go. I think Memphis wins that. So I think they're a better team. And I think they're, they're, it's not much more playoff experience, but having a little bit more playoff experience, I think is going to bode well as the series continues on. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. But I would love it to go seven just to see what would happen. But uh, I'm going to go Memphis and six with that one. I'm going to stick with Memphis and six. Um, I got many many winning the next one for sure. I got you. Now, it's just, you know, before I go into this, I just want to say it's been a long six years, you know, (laughs) on on Ingram Island. You know, we ran out of food, ran out of water. (laughs) You know, I had to put flares in the air. And, you know, the prayers were answered. I just got to <laughs> say, man, I've been saying it for years. I think you got onto it last year with, with guys like, you know, Booker and Levine. You got to lay off these young players until they get a correct team about them where they can be properly yeah. assessed. The draft is set up for the best young talent to go to the worst teams. And, being traded from the Lakers, who were a tire fighter at that point, to the Pelicans, who started out as a tire fighter. And I'll say, I'll give Griffin's credit. It took him three years, but he finally got a good team around. And just seeing my dog on a big stage, making his shake, it just, you know, Will Smith at the end of Pursuit of Happiness, man, when he got the job, man. That's how I walked around the house after that game, man. I can't even lie to you. I had to mm-hmm. get a clap, a nod. You know, like Ric Flair said, I had a tear in one eye, baby. You feel me? But um, on a serious tip, that was impressive from the Pelicans. I got to ask you, Kings, I'm biased. I know you won't be biased. If Devin Booker does not play in games three and four, are the Suns in any type of trouble? 
They better not be. <laughs> I'm asking your opinion. If Buck is not playing games three or four, are the Suns in trouble? I need your honest opinion. Oh, man. Um, my honest opinion is that this is going to be a tough six or seven game series. At seven games at most, but I think the Suns do win this in six games. It's going to be tough. Might get ugly here and there. But they should. They should win this in six games. But not going to lie, though, man. If Aiden don't – if Aiden – and people keep saying, oh, he doesn't need to average this. He just needs to dominate. So if he don't average 25, man, if he don't average 25, man, it might get spooky. He got, he got to start scoring. You got to start scoring. You want a max contract. You don't want to be – you don't want to – you know, people talk about slander Rudy Gobert, right? If you want to give Aiden a max contract, he got to give you more than 18 to 10, bro. He got to give you more than 18 to 10 because as good as he is switching, the fact that he can punch guys small ball, he's not as generational as Rudy Gobert is defensively. So he's going to have to give you more than 18 to 10, bro. He's going to have to do that. Yeah, so – this is where so before the series, that's why what game one, not the rate, not the fact that the Suns won. I was shocked at how dominant he was over Jonas because historically, Jonas Valanciunas has given Aiden some trouble. You know he's a stronger right. guy. He pushes back. I was surprised at how Aiden kind of kind of dominated him in game yeah, he, one. Yeah, he gave him trouble in game two. Yeah, as I'm saying, game two it kind of reverted. Okay, this is why people said that the center matchup is closer. So I get it. Um, here's the thing now with Book missing two games is my, uh, Willie Green gets to throw Herb Jones on Chris Paul and not think twice about it. Oh, not and I think that's yeah, and that's the, that's the troublesome part for the Suns the next two games because Herb is 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, He's going to fight through screens. And then I think Jackson Hayes did an excellent job of not giving Chris Paul those walk-in middies that happened yeah, in the game one. Coming up and trying to make him finish at the rim. like Exactly. Like they they pressed up and made it, and it, it made it real tough. The shots he took were a lot more contested. And I think the even scarier part for the Suns is they really haven't been able to defend the Pelicans since the second half of game one, if you've been watching. Like, they held him to 34 in the first half. They made a couple adjustments with that trap. Uh, Willie went to the shooters on his team, uh, Trey Murphy. He finally gave Alvarado, Alvarado a lot more minutes than Devontae, which is how it was supposed to be production-wise. Guys that can shoot, attack closeouts. And the trapping of you know, CJ and BI is a lot less effective. They have to play those two straight up, and they really can't guard them in, in those situations. And I think that's kind of troublesome where you need Booker because you're going to have to match some scoring at this point you know, in the series. Because since February, the Pelicans have both a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense. So, you know, they're not a typical eight seed in terms of, you know, improved play and they added C.J. McCollum to the roster at the trade deadline. So <clears throat> I'm ready to say some spicy things about this series going forward. I need you to talk me off the ledge. So hearing all of that, like, just kind of where do you stand? Man, hey, man. <laughs> uh, Rich said 14 the best in that series right now. He, he, I don't think he's lying when he said that. Now that Booker got, I, I don't think he's lying. And if and you just said it, Herb Jones, as good as Mikael Bridges is, he was in the ring for defensive player of the year. I think Herb Jones is better on the perimeter defending. Man, than man, it's man. It's Herb Jones is gonna be on CP3. CP3 old now. He old, and 
hey, you paid Cameron Payne. Well, this is what you paid him for. Uh, he, he he better show up. He better. Yeah, show I think up. that's the key. That Payne's gonna have to play more and give them somebody else who can wiggle off the dribble. That's what I think. That he has he has no choice. Chris Paul, right. everyone's telling me is thirty seven. Okay, if he's thirty seven, he's gonna be dealing with Herm Jones. They better have campaign help him because if they don't have right. campaign help him, I'll tell you right now, they they probably losing six. If they rely on Chris Paul to handle most of the dribbling duties, they losing in six games. So, hey, bro, it, it's it look it's looking dicey. I just want to say that with the talent that the the Suns have, with the schemes that Monty's able to run, to run, I think he's gonna use pain. He's gonna try and give Chris Paul some breathers. He's gonna try and feature Aiden. Hey, man, I I think they'll win in the tough six. But again, this is on the fact that. One, Cameron Payne is going to play like as a good facilitator and provide timely scoring. Cam is going to up his scoring. McKellen up his scoring. And Aiden is going to be a 20 to 25 and 10 guy minimum. That's yeah. my thinking. That's what they need. If they don't get that, I, I don't think they're going to win, bro. I, I, don't I, I, think, I think the underrated aspect of all this is Willie Green was on that bench last year and not much has changed. So he knows, like, okay, if this happens, they're going to do this and that. So I think that's also something that's kind of underrated. Like, yeah. not much is changed with that team. So we'll see what happens. Like, I picked – if Book was there, I 100%. I had Suns and five. I thought Norris would win one. Without Book, it gets it gets dicey. And then these people have to answer for that. Well, Chris Paul is the most impactful player on that team. Okay, I need to see it. Well, you guys need to explain to me, you know, about – we need to talk, have another discussion about – how much giving a guy attention on offense opens up the rest of the floor for everybody else, which is what was happening with Booker and people because CEP3's impact metrics look a certain way. You know, he's the more impactful player instead of looking at the film. So that's what I'm looking forward to getting that question answered. And, you know, on a personal note, seeing your favorite player possibly put Chris Paul out the playoffs, you know, Man. it's just an indescribable, it's an indescribable feeling on the inside. I, I, I got to I, tell I, you. <laughs> Not even as an AC, as a ninth seed, that has never Man. been done ever. Man, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens that series going for. To me, that 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 all of a sudden became one of the more interesting series just off that hamstring injury. And you know the funniest thing we didn't. It was funny, and I, I'm I'm waiting because before I act Coach G, Ricky G on this, he had just said get rid of playing. There's no way a nine seed will beat the one seed. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, obviously, obviously, Andrew. I think, I think, to, I mean, you to your, I'll, I'll, I'll throw you belt. You've been saying this for years. So we got to start realizing that injuries are it's a part, part of, of the process, bro. Yes, it's like, man. like you can say, oh, this guy was hurt. That you said, you can say that every year. Right. So you know, I, I, I you've been saying you've been consistent with that since we've been potting for a couple years now. <clears throat> Last series we're gonna go over. Let's talk also, about. I, I, also, 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 we talk about injury. Let's not forget. 27 and 9 on 61 percent ain't on the floor for the Pelicans. Ooh, so that's, that, not, that's not no. forget that. <laughs> the guy not, that you actually yeah. built the team for, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. So let's go. Let's talk Dallas, Utah. It's one one. That was an embarrassing loss for Dallas uh, for the Jazz to meet. Just watching that, yeah. I, I watched that game start to finish. You just can't play defense like that. They, they literally the same thing. Same thing the Clippers did. They have four terrible defenders and Rudy on the floor. Uh, put five shooters out there and just drive it. Whatever Rudy's away from the basket, just drive it. He helps kick it to the corner for a three. It's just kind of absurd that the last few years the Jazz haven't been able to add 
just at least a serviceable wing or two to not be turnstiles on defense. And I feel like Utah's losing whether Luka plays or not. They just they can't stop anybody. They like they can't stop anybody. They're making Brenson a lot of money. A lot of money is being made by Mr. Brenson. Yeah, like, man. He's making a lot of M's, and this they did the same for Reggie Jackson last season too. <laughs> <laughs> they making they making guys a lot of money. If if you if you're in a contract year and you want to show on the playoffs, play the Utah Jazz. They are gonna make you a lot of M's. But uh, you know that it's 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 bad because the Utah Jazz when they sign guys, they prioritize their offensive scheme and that mathematical way of playing more yep. than they prioritize uh you know the holistic approach. Is this guy a three and D? Can he can he guard this guy? Like okay, he may not be able to attack off this pick and roll and host this three up off the dribble, but hey, he can shut this guy down. So let's get this facilitate help set him up, or let's this this guy who can uh you know drive and kick and 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 use and use uh the energy he saves on defense from this guy being able to guard to to score more. And you know what I mean? Like they they weren't thinking about the holistic approach. They're thinking that we have this generational defender that we're paying. 50 M's a year too. We're gonna have him cover up everyone's holes, and we're just gonna have a bunch of guys who can host up threes and who can score off the dribble. And we're gonna get a lot of these shots up, and because of our three-point percentage, we'll outscore some. We'll outscore people. But uh, you know, there's a human element to hoop. There's fatigue. There's nerves. You know what I mean? Confidence, and you know all types of metaphysical stuff. You know, to that along with the fact that you you have to play defense on the perimeter, you have to guard the perimeter. And Utah, man, same thing they always do. Come into the playoffs, those three start falling like they always do. They start getting beat off the dribble like they always do. They start. They, it makes Rudy look bad. Makes people say Rudy's unplayable. All this type of stuff. When really these other niggas just suck. And honestly, <laughs> like I see, I, 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 I see it, bro. I see it. Yeah. You know, Rudy, he 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 can't finish in the inside consistently. He's gonna mess up some passes, gonna mess up some putbacks. I get it, I get it, bro. I get it. But you know what? He's 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 generational as hell on defense. He's physical. He gets rebounds. He gets putbacks. And you know what? If you had an elite playmaker, Rudy Rudy as is already averages 18 on 61 percent. If you had an elite playmaker who would use his vertica- verticality, like He's getting he's getting even easier looks than he gets now. So you know what I mean. So it's like I'm just saying, bro. I get it. He has all his deficiencies, and he's overpaid. Yes, he's overpaid, but that's just the NBA. A lot of guys are overpaid. So I mean, you know, I'm right. Not start with Rudy Gobert. A lot of dudes in the NBA is overpaid. The fact is, he has skill sets that can help a team win today, and, and and he can help take many teams over the top. But he's not somebody you can just expect to carry your team defensively and then be your second best player offensively in terms of generating open threes on the pick and roll and then trying to like, you know, score on guys inside when you know that's not his game. Like it's I don't know what to say, man. The Jazz just trade Donovan Mitchell or I mean the, I, I don't know. Like teams are saying that they're not gonna trade to the West, but one of them two have to be in Dallas and the other guy be in Atlanta somewhere. Or in New York, you know, you just you gonna have to get rid of them and just rebuild. As I said, they just rebuild because it's not a free agent destination. You can trade both and have a massive haul of picks, right? And you just I mean, start from foundation, and then you know they're talking about Miami Snyder's last year. He's rebuild the whole thing, so that's what I think they should where, do. Yeah, where, whether you go to Charlotte, Atlanta, New York, 
Dallas, they'll give you picks and young players from any of right. those locations. So, I mean, right. it, it's up to you. Right. All right, so the last two series we haven't covered, Atlanta and Miami, um, Denver and Golden State. I got to ask you, um, I, I'll let you take it away. Do you see any of those series becoming competitive? I, I, I watched both those games. I, I caught the Heat he- Hawks on a replay. Unless Trey goes for like 50, which I don't think Miami's going to give him the looks to go to, or Joker has a big, humongous game. Even though I think the way that Mike Malone is working these refs through the media, I think he might get a generational whistle tomorrow, <laughs> and maybe that might change something. But I just I don't see any way those two series become competitive based off what I've seen in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, for me with with Atlanta, it's like what you, it's like what you said, man, like <laughs> – it's tough. It's tough. I think, I think with um with them, not only does Trey need to go off, but you need you need like somebody like Gallo or you need somebody like Bogey to give you twenty five at night as your second guy, and or you know what I mean like I'm telling you that twenty to twenty five is such a key spot because right. not only are you getting a lot of points up, but you're also making the defense have to guard you, so you're making life easier on players three through eight. So that's why it's very important for you to hit a certain range in point scoring to help your team score and to help others get easier looks. So unless you get that from Bogey uh, or from Gallo or from somebody, like, yeah, Atlanta's like, bro, that's true. No matter what you said, they're giving up 115 a game to the Miami Heat, bro. You see what I'm saying? Like, you need scoring output. Like, like you have (laughs) – there's no no other option at this point. So unless they're doing that – uh, man, yeah, they're done, but they're cooked. They're not going to be able to do that. And uh, for the Jokers and Steph, I mean, like, look, I keep we keep telling people about Jokers defense every single year. <laughs> every single year, people who don't know how to assess defense and have to rely on catch-all statistics or statistics that, you know, like I always tell you, value rebounding the most. Yeah, rebounding, yep, yep. Because it saves you the possession in the formula. So, you know, when you start looking at those things or, and then you start counting things like, Oh, deflections, which obviously favor bigger players with longer arms again. Like, you know what I mean? When you start actually looking at how these metrics are broken down, you start to see why certain guys, even though they're not good defenders, they have good metrics. Because there's a reason why what, like, I don't know if you guys saw, but this is how I knew these, these metrics were, were flawed. And I looked into them when Westbrook was winning his MVP or was going on that run. His defensive, like, box plus minus was through the roof. And for the life of me, I was like, how the hell is he doing this? And then I looked at the formula, and I said, oh, there it is, rebounds. What happened? He averages a triple-double. So, so when you know what I mean? So when you get in stuff that makes these defensive numbers look at it, 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 it confuses the system. But then when you go to the playoffs, and it's a scheme, it's a half court, they know your weaknesses, what are they going to do? Hey, pull, curry, attack that big ass dude every single possession and make him have to guard make him have to guard every single time and show us that he can play defense and he knows how to play defense not only help not only switching or or uh coming up but on the drop too can he can he can he play off ball is he able to to find the cutters i mean you saw what they had jokers doing he looked like he didn't know how to play defense at all the way he they was attacking him they was running every type of action on him yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what they they couldn't do that on Embiid though. He, he was strapping Nick, he was strapping dudes up on the perimeter. It's a, it's a lot. It's a it's different, bro. It, 
like when you look at defense, the film is super important because the numbers with defense lie a lot because a lot goes into team defense, scrambling help, you know, right. I mean, rotation. So much goes into defense. So defense is really heavy on skill set. What, what's your skill set on the defensive end? How do you guard? Like that matters a lot. And Jokic is, I'll tell you this, he's gotten a lot better since he's been in the league, but he's still slow, still flat-footed, can't really jump that much, and he still has a conditioning issue. So, yeah, I think that's those those factors. But the, the fact just you know you can't run and jump, can't run fast or jump high. Yeah, you know, that's out of like no matter how smart you are, that's going to put a cap on you as a defender. I guess athleticism based. You know what I mean? There's very few defenders who are great without having, you know, at least good athleticism. If you look like throughout NBA history, so yep. you know that's just that's just how the cookie crumbles in that. You know, in terms of that. Anyway, we appreciate you guys for tapping in with the Temple of Hoop live show. This will be up on Podform. Um, it's late, so we didn't take any calls. I promise we got you next week. This playoffs game just running late. Um, Make sure you subscribe to the pod. Follow us, Kingsboro, on Twitter. Myself, JJ Mabel 55 underscore MST. Subscribe, follow to the pod, give us feedback, rate the pod. We appreciate you guys for tapping in. The numbers look great. You guys be safe, and we are out of here. Peace, y'all.